you're listening to the Casual Swinger Podcast. As your host, we need to warn you that the material you're about to hear may be sexual or explicit in nature. This podcast is intended for an adult audience. Now, we don't expect you to act like adults. What's the fun in that? We're a married couple living in Florida with over 13 years of experience in the lifestyle, and we take almost nothing seriously. Casual Swinger is a variety show, meaning we'll cover everything from music to events, travel, and even the occasional hilarious screw-up. Our show is about entertainment. We're not licensed professionals. Not anything. And our stories, commentary, and guidance should not be confused with the opinions of a licensed professional. Now that you know, let's take those pants off and get comfy. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Casual Swinger. My name is Mickey. My name is Big Titty Mallory. You are Big Titty Mallory. Those <laughs> motherfuckers are awesome. Yeah, uh, they look great. Oh, they feel great. They too. look it's so good. Like my, yeah. So, um, my my new tits are how many days old? Uh, like six. Six days. No, I think they're more than that. Maybe it's a week old. Maybe nine days old. I don't know. I don't but, know. I know that I finally get to touch them, and it's gently, yes. awesome. Yeah, gently. I have to be nice to them. I can't smack them around or, you know, play the bongos or anything like that. But I have been chasing you around with a heart on for the last three days. I love it. Thank yeah. you so much for wanting me as much as you do. Oh, it's just been... I mean, you you were already a smoke show, but, like, it... I can't believe how much they changed just kind of the they general changed profile. They profile. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So, we can get into that later. I apologize. I just, like hijacked the conversation there dim titties dim titties all right so what are we talking about today today's episode is called sex work is a lot of work yeah and <laughs> for those of you that live under a rock or you weren't paying attention this week this week only fans decided that they were not going to allow sexually explicit content to be created after october 1st on their platform it, Fucking insane, like literally heard the screeching brake noise, that little clip in my head, like really the the foundation of everything that this platform has built itself on, they're going to toss out the window. Yeah, and it and it does seem really stupid, right? Uh, because sex workers built this platform on their backs. They literally picked this obscure little platform out of England, which, by the way, was started with two guys from the porn industry. Mm -hmm. There was a dude from the porn industry who took investment from an American. Both of them have a porn background, and they created this platform with adult content creators in mind. But over time, since this thing in the last, what is it, I don't know, six years or whatever this thing has been around, over time, they started picking up cooking shows and athletes and celebrities, and they got this fantasy that they were going to turn themselves into a billion-dollar valuation business for investment. And investment banks and merchant banks don't like sex. No, they don't. They don't see it. They see it as high risk, which is the same problem we had when we opened the toy store. You fuck yeah, Right? And there's penalties you pay for being attached to anything sexual, which I think is bullshit. It's the most recession-proof industry, in my personal opinion. Yeah possible because people are always going to service their vices and sex is not just a vice for most people it's a need like a need to survive oh it was on maslow's hierarchy he yeah. just couldn't say it yeah but i mean relationships right and things like that but you know the the thing that really kills me about this is sex workers and and i think you know during this interview that we get into here in a little while we're definitely going to cover it at some point but sex workers were given security by OnlyFans. Yeah. They were given the ability to apply their trade, create fans, 
show off their sexual side and, and have sexual interactions and sell access to those safely. They could be with people they trusted. Right, I mean, even people in in peep shows in the in the late eighties and they early don't have 90s, control over that. No, they they got killed outside the building because somebody waited for them. I mean, sex work has never been fucking safe, and this made it safe. Mm-hmm. It made it safe for them to do it and make money at it and and feed their families. And they just took this away in the interest of what investment money. That's I, that's what it looks like on paper. I mean, I, I still can't wrap my head. I couldn't wrap my head around OnlyFans to begin with, like. And I and we talk about this with the girls here in a few minutes that I I never understood how a platform that you can't search search is such a critical part of every engagement we do online. Like every anytime I go to look for something, I Google it. If I'm trying to connect with a friend, I search their name or their association or their organization on whatever fucking platform I'm on. How the hell is this going to work? And it's made a shit ton of money in spite of that. You know, I'm not going to pretend that I know everything about it, but. At the same time, the the literal foundation, the intention of it, is being taken away. For what? Well, I can t- I can game? tell you why they didn't have a search. Yeah, because they're not responsible for the content if you can't search for it. Mm-hmm. If they index the content, then that means they know what's there. So it's a liability. It's a liability, right? Loophole. So by not indexing gotcha. the content, they're actually maintaining just, a genuine platform I status. Just learn something. Yeah, I had there no you go. idea. See, Mickey Pla- will learn Platform it versus a publisher, right? There you go. Mm, if you index it, you could be accused of publishing it because you sorted it. Gotcha. Right? But they don't. They don't have anything to do with it. And that, So I they're mean, like, this yeah. is our junk drawer. Enjoy. Yes, enjoy our junk drawer. So you have to know where you put shit so you to go find it. Or okay. you have to tell people where you put shit. Okay. Now, here's my thing. You know, they did this. MasterCard says they didn't put any pressure on them. And maybe they didn't. But merchant banks absolutely did this. Right. Investment banks absolutely did this because of their reticence to actually involve themselves in a business that has a sexual side. And they're hiding from their own history when two guys from the porn business started something on the backs of sex workers and then fucked over all the sex workers. It is high time for some geek with a dick in his hand to create another payment platform that supports sex workers using crypto. Here, here. It's gone this way for too long. It's, it's just, it's inexcusable that this many people's lives are going to be upended. And, you know, some of the, when we talk to these ladies, and we're going to get into this here in a couple of minutes, we talk to these ladies, you're going to find out how they diversify and how they've dealt with this. And right. so it didn't directly affect them quite as badly as it has some. Right. And, you know, maybe this is just a, a, a little hiccup or a bump in the road, right? Because there, there are other platforms out there. There are, other, there are pivot points that will allow them to publish ex- explicit content on there. You know, does it come at a higher cost? I don't know. Does it come with, you know, the same features, more, less? I don't know. But there will be pivot points. There's always somebody else standing in line, and I get that. I just feel that this is, it's insane. Again, I don't know what the end game is because I I don't see them having the same success going mainstream. It's almost like the messaging I got because I love making this shit up in between the lines. Like, Mm -hmm. we're going legit now. Right, I'm going to be a respectable platform. It is, and it's asinine. It, it really is. Yeah. It's this whole thing that they're doing. They built a billion and a half dollar business. Next year, they expect it to be even larger. Which, without sex workers, there's no fucking way that's going to happen. So, yeah, you were. We had this conversation. You were talking about Tumblr, and what happened with Tumblr could could 
the very same thing could happen here. Yeah, well, Tumblr used to be a very sex-positive, inclusive space before Yahoo bought them in 2013 for $1.1 billion. So Tumblr said, we're going to knock, or they, well, Tumblr didn't even do it, right? It was Verizon that did it. Mm-hmm. So Tumblr bought them for $1.1 billion and left them alone, by and large. And then Verizon bought Yahoo's operating business, which included Tumblr, for like $4.5 billion. So it was a massive purchase by Verizon. And like the first fucking thing that Verizon did was ban porn and most nudity on Tumblr. And you know what? How many people you know on Tumblr today? Matter of fact, Tumblr got sold again in 2019-ish. And the word is they got sold for less than $20 million. $4.4 billion to $20 million. Tumblr used to be like the spot for fan fiction. And like, um, uh, uh, Oh, I can't think. And that's smut, but like uh, different types of erotica. Oh, like yeah. The subgenres of erotica on there were oh, come on. insane. I, I, we busted my daughter writing <laughs> erotica true. on Tumblr. That's true. She's a great writer, by the way. Great writer, but it creeped me the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, she was, was like, great, no, yeah. no, no, no. This, yeah. this ends now. So, I mean, it's plausible that OnlyFans could end up in a situation just like that. I in hope a very short amount of time, because what was that? Eight years over the span of eight years. That's right. Look at how much it changed. Oh yeah. Well, they they bled all their users but because the people weren't there anymore. Yeah. And in technology and, and the internet, though, eight years is a very long time. It is. But you know, people might come for the porn, but they also consume other things, right? They're also there for other reasons. Yeah. There's OnlyFans could have had both businesses, and instead of standing up for the people that helped build their business, and by the way, OnlyFans took twenty percent. Of what each of these people Oh, yeah, generated. it was a revenue share, yeah. It's just like when you set up, you know, like a, a donation site. Yeah. And I won't name them because I don't want, you know. Yeah, I don't want to give them any business. No, but, you know, they'll take 10 to 20% of whatever people donating to you. So if you have a goal of 10,000, they're going to get a grand right off the top. Yes, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but OnlyFans takes 20%. And a lot of these other sites, and we'll talk about a couple of them here in a second, but these guys are taking a huge percentage off these sex workers' backs. And now they're going to keep that money. That they made. Yeah. And then try and go public. Yeah. And then all the bullshit and lies. Like we saw so many posts out there that, you know, people as creators were reaching out and they were being told by support. No, no, no. It's fine. Nothing's happening. We're, we're, we're you're going to be totally fine. And turns out it was total bullshit because Bloomberg and everyone picked it up. And God, what a fucking nightmare. That's right. The, these people found out on the fucking yeah. news and, that their livelihood was in danger. And like, where are the answers to the creators out here for like, what if somebody bought a six month or year subscription? Like, are they going to help them credit rebuild? Yeah. Good luck getting a hold of OnlyFans for that one. And I hope that people that did sign on for six month and one year plans go hit OnlyFans and get their money back. Do some chargebacks and show those people what chargebacks actually look like. Yeah, but that the the creators are still affected by those, right? I don't know. Maybe they maybe don't 100%. do that because I don't want to see the creators yeah. affected by it. Like, but. how is there like a grandfather clause or like or something like? Yeah, it, I mean, I think I'm actually more angry about this than all the shit they gave us for casual toys. We had the fair. hardest time finding a merchant bank. That was sex toy friendly. You know, we had so many stupid rules through Shopify, which was our original merchant bank. And we it was so crazy. And I got so upset and so frustrated that people were really just looking down their noses at us. Like, how dare you sell rubber dicks? And But these people, you know, casual toys isn't our livelihood and it never has been and it probably never will be. But It's a, it's a passion for yeah, us. It's yeah, it's fun. We love the community. We love doing things for the community and giving them great sexy stuff at reasonable prices. But, you know... This thing that these people are doing, what fucking douchebags. Yeah, I, I hope, you know, the, the the next platform, you know, gives them a lot more support than they got here. 
God, I hope so yeah. too. But hey, let's let's bounce on that subject. We're going to get to ASMR Maddie and only Andy here in a minute to talk about how much work sex work is. Absolutely, because it's more than just rolling out of bed and turning on your camera. There's there's so much planning, preparation, production, execution that, that is involved. Like I mad fucking props because oh yeah, I I probably said it seventeen different ways. Just thinking about what they have to do to create content gives me anxiety. I don't know that I could do that. Yeah, they spend. A lot more time even than we spend creating the podcast because I spend five hours every two weeks. They spend five hours a day. And there's no off button. I mean, you know, they said it's it's at least a full-time job, at least, because they're probably thinking about a hundred different things at any given hour of any given day. And it's multiple people. And it's multiple people. There's the public content, unique content, sexually explicit content, PG content, like, holy shit. Kate just did a bunch of new content on this too, right? Yeah, she um she got a blog out this past weekend and t- today um so the episode's out there. She's got an episode that talks about uh, OnlyFans, different platforms, and her and Daryl go like into the sales side. I've only got part way through it, but you know, go check out Wanderlust Swingers uh, on social media for uh, both pieces of content on the subject. Yeah, I mean the new episode came out today. So. Yeah, like just today. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of OnlyFans shit out there for you guys right now. All right, so what do we got going on? Let's give some updates to some yeah, folks, yeah. and then we'll jump into the content. Um, just so folks know, the ASN Awards that were slated to uh, happen in September, they are moving. Um, I believe the word on the street is to January, so please uh, check out their social media to find out the new dates. If you Yeah, plan keep on your attending. eyes on that one, folks. Don't come to Orlando in September and expect that ASN Awards are going to be here. Yeah, no. no, I mean, you're still welcome to come. Yeah, come on down. <laughs> I mean, that's up to you. But right, We'll party. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Your titties. Uh, yes. Um... So we uh, talked about me getting my boob job. Um, that happened uh, just a little less than two weeks ago. Funny, I feel actually a lot better than I anticipated. I expected recovery to um, be a little more painful. The first few days was intense. Yeah, well, and this episode art is your titties. Yes, yes. So you guys are getting a sneak preview at my new boobs. They're, they're still a little swollen, but I'm a very happy girl, and I think... Um, I'm going to absolutely love the end result. I already love what they are right now. I think the only regret I might have is that maybe I didn't, you know, take the steps a little sooner, but I'm glad I did it when I did. The doctor's fantastic. I love them to pieces. Like my follow-up appointment tomorrow, I may actually hug and kiss the man. Yeah, I, I might hug and kiss him too. I'm so happy. But, you know, I think uh, some of our listeners have reached out and they enjoyed the uh, Thanks for the Mammaries episode so much that we may actually have your doctor on the show. I would love to have him on the show. Yeah, so Very I think much. we're going to do that He's for you guys. super cool. But, uh, hey, you're shopping for Hito right now, too, for your big kids. I am. I'm so excited. So the Rascals released their theme nights uh, for this November. Um, super cool. They're all holiday-themed, so I'm starting to shop uh, for those nights on there. And, you know, it just so happens that um, uh, we loaded a bunch of stuff into the store. Oh, my God, yes. And like I was 1,600 new items. Yes. So Daisy, uh, Daisy Corsets, they have costumes and lingerie and, uh, you know, not just corsets. They have amazing corsets, but a whole. A bunch of stuff. So I am I am filtering through and trying to hone down on one or two outfits per theme because you know me. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Hey, one thing that we didn't mention here, if you guys have not been paying attention to what's going on down in Jamaica, Jamaica is reporting no movement dates in both August and September. And some of those have already started in an effort to slow the spread of COVID in Jamaica. So far, nothing has changed for people that are on vacation in the resilient quarter, but you really should pay attention to visit jamaica.com 
or your personal travel agent to make sure that nothing that affects your trip or your ability to get home happens between now and when you leave. Yep. Just keep in mind that this is a constantly evolving, you know, situation and things are inclined to change at some point. So stay informed. There it is. Well, we're going to jump out of here. We're going to get back here in a couple of minutes with both Only Andy and ASMR Maddie. These are two 1%, top 1% content creators on OnlyFans who are making a good portion of their living or their entire living supporting you as a sex worker. So these guys, these ladies are wildly different in the content they create, but they're amazing creators. And I think you guys are going to get a kick out of how much work goes into it and how it's received, and what they're going to do in the face of what OnlyFans has done. Yeah, absolutely. So in the meantime, honey, you want to tell everybody where to find us? Absolutely. We are Casual Swinger everywhere. You can find us at casualswinger.com. Shoot us a message, podcast at casualswinger.com. Love us, want to say something nice, feel free to leave us an iTunes review. You can also find us on social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and Twitter. I may have said Twitter twice. That's fine. And uh, you want to check out our dating profile? We're on Double Date Nation, SDC, SLS, and Cassidy. And not fucking OnlyFans. Not, not on OnlyFans, sorry. But we'll be back in just a hot second with a couple of smoking hot ladies from OnlyFans mm-hmm. to talk to you about how much work sex work actually is. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Casual Swinger. Long time no see. Who you be? I be Mickey. Hey, so we've got some exciting stuff going on here today. Uh, like we talked about in the intro, there are so many crazy things going on in the world of adult content creation, specifically what happened with OnlyFans. And we thought it would be kind of enlightening and eye-opening for you guys to hear from a couple of top 1% creators from OnlyFans that work their asses off to make content for people and as a way to earn a living in this world. So we thought it would be kind of neat to hear from them and just how much fucking work goes in to creating content for OnlyFans, right? Yeah. So the two ladies we have here with us today, the first one is a great friend of ours, somebody that you've heard from before here on Casual Swinger. On OnlyFans, she goes by Only Andy. How you doing, Andy? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, no, we all love having you. It's a thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, the you brought a friend of yours along with you and somebody that we hadn't had a chance to meet. Those are the best kind of friends. Yeah, right. The friends we haven't met yet. And her name is ASMR Maddie. Maddie, how are you doing, dear? I am so happy to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, we're excited. And you know what really is great for us? Because we have these two beautiful content creators on video with us tonight. And y'all can't see. I know. Be super jelly right now. Be very jealous. I'm over here like rocking the dumpster fire, like tank and yeah, hairdo. 
Great. You're I, welcome, yeah. everyone. I had You're to welcome. figure out if I showered this week. So I don't even want to talk about <laughs> it. Right? That's all right. So without further ado, let's kick this thing off yeah. a little bit, right? Sex work is a lot of fucking work, and sex work is work. And I know that's been flying around on Twitter and a lot of the other social media pages lately. So I'm going to start with Andy, and we're going to direct these questions at you guys, but I know you're both going to get a chance to answer, so don't worry. Don't feel like you got to butt in and go, that bitch needs to shut up. It's fine. You'll get your chance. All right? <laughs> but let's start, Andy, with you. How's being an OnlyFans creator changed your perception of sex work? I know it's something that you just started in you know the last year or so. You rocketed to the top of the charts for good reason uh, with OnlyFans. So has it changed your perception of what sex workers do? You know, really, it, it hasn't much. Um, I, I've, I've never been, I know it sounds kind of cliche, but I've never been what I would say is a judgy person. You know, I, I'm very sex positive. I love sex positivity. I love seeing women and men express themselves in, in, in themselves in different ways. Um, really, it's just kind of you do you. I'm it really hasn't changed my perception. Honestly, I feel the same. I've always been really sex positive. I was raised to be proud of my body. I was almost raised in a naked, kind of a naked household. That's <laughs> kind of awesome. No. <laughs> um, and I worked as a stripper uh, through undergrad and grad school. And so it's always been work that made sense to me that I thought there was a purpose. When we talk about sex work, there's there's a lot of taboos with it and a lot of crazy stuff. Now, Maddie, you do something specific in, in your content because mm -hmm. you go by ASMR, Maddie. And we talked about that mm -hmm. in the lead-in. Tell us what is ASMR before we go any further so people know what the fuck this thing is. <laughs> I know it's talked about a lot and it's it's something not a lot of people um, are sure what it really is. It's an acronym for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response and it essentially means the tingles that you get down the back of your neck or just kind of a pleasant uh, stimulated feeling. I get that when like you tickle my my head and like my shoulders and stuff like when we're laying in mm -hmm. bed is that kind of like it, that's exactly what it is. That's okay. one of the most common triggers when people I get their it. hair cut or if someone plays with your hair that that might give you that sensation. Right. I'm just going to go ahead and say I've never done it or before but I'm totally into it. 100%. Yeah, well, it sounds amazing. I was about to say I prefer orgasm but I might not. <laughs> we call them pet, pets like pets we pet each other well you mm -hmm. get petted most of the I time let's get, be honest i do get a ton yeah it's mostly come over here and pet me okay so now i'm going to be asmr mickey from now on <laughs> just so you guys know <laughs> that's what we're gonna do i love it and you know what's really great about your answers regarding like your perspective on um you know the sex positivity and you know being a creator that really hasn't changed so it, it makes it sound like there wasn't a huge adjustment for you when you decided to become a creator um, my question is, what gates did you go through to make that decision? What inspired you to become a creator? And we'll start with Maddie on this one. Um, I think consuming content is what got me to a place where I wanted to create it. I was watching ASMR videos just to relax for a number of years and then just thought maybe I could have something to share, which is a very, <laughs> I don't know, a very ridiculous thought, I think, uh, when you're looking at a larger no, content. No. Everybody has at Logical. least, I think, something to offer. So that's kind of what got me there. I'm blown away. It's, I, I think I'm, it's really cool. Uh, and I think there's so many, like, we, like ASMR, I never even occurred to me that it was a thing. And you have thousands of people that follow, not just follow you, pay you to make this content, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. So same question to you, Andy. What what was that turning point for you to go ahead and, and become a creator? And the reason I asked this, I'll just give you a little bit more background on it, is because 
you're really putting yourselves out there. It's a very vulnerable position to be in. So it takes a lot of self-confidence and, and gusto to do that. Yeah, you're exactly right. It, it does because you're, you're always under the wire. You're, you're in front of everything. Every, there's no way to hide. There's no shadow to go to. So you really have to really be in a good place with yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, my answer really was pretty easy. I love being recorded and I love sex. So the two, when you combine them, was <laughs> kind of a no-brainer. So we had actually, my husband Dave and I, uh, we had actually been doing videos or recording ourselves for over a decade. So when we started our, our OnlyFans, we had all kinds of content. <laughs> so nice. I mean, there you go. It worked out you know, it was a win-win. Yeah. What a great place Natural to start. Fits. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's just yeah. like, hmm. Confucius I mean, says, choose a job you love. You never work a day in your life. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, I think I got that fortune cookie too. Yeah. I don't know that anybody would ever pay me to have sex, but if they would, if only, I think it's every guy ever. So do you ladies view this content any differently than mainstream social media influencers. I mean, I know we've all been kind of part of this evolving influencer generation. And uh, to an extent, I, I personally detest what it's become because now that's all anybody wants to be. I mean, there's kids in school that are like, I want to be an influencer. I want to be a YouTube influencer. And it's like, what? I mean, I, and I think in some cases, like these people that want to be in, what the hell makes you think you have a right to influence anybody? You've never been educated or done anything. But you ladies, this is a little different in sex work. You really can be an influencer. First of all, you're beautiful. Second of all, you're great at it, right? So if you have all these things going for you, is it different? I mean, now that you guys have all these qualifications and, and Maddie, of course, is hyper-educated. So does that apply? And Maddie, we'll take you first again on this one. Um, I think there are limits already set in place for us to where, for instance, we're not able to get the same brand sponsorship deals um, as maybe that we could if we weren't in sex work. So I think there are external limits and there is a difference in perception. Um, but I don't personally think, I think that we have a following and we have something to offer, um, you know, and there's definitely a huge value in that. You know, I think that ultimately all influencers use some sort of sex appeal. I mean, I, you know, I guess you could go super conservative and say somebody that bakes cookies, you know, doesn't. But I mean, every product, every person, every, you know, duster commercial, vacuum cleaner, like everything is sex appeal. It's just ours is less subtle. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. There's no veil. Like right. It's, it's right there in your face. There's no subtleties right. or hints or innuendo. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I want to throw out a quick follow-up because, it, and, I, and I you know, made a reference to Maddie's uh, hyper-education, but you know, Andy's no slouch either, folks, oh. by the way. Yeah. She's also educated AF. And yeah. that's something that I think is important to kind of look at here. This isn't something you guys are doing because you can't do something else. Right. Right. You guys are creating sexually focused content for a different reason, right? It's, it's something you love and it's something you're good at. And there's nothing wrong with it. No, I think that society puts a, a label or a taboo around it, right? That, you know, pity. I remember having a conversation with my dad back in the day and he had pity in the conversation towards strippers, women in porn. Mm-hmm. And and that was the perception around, you know, the, the content there. And I think that was and probably still is very, very normal, which is crazy to me because it's so empowering to look at people in those positions and, and know these things. Like they, 
both of our guests here. Very educated, um, can can do probably anything they wanted to, and this is their passion, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. But yet there's a subsection right. of this economy in this world that doesn't want you to do it, and they don't want to let you accept money that, you know, is, I don't know, the currency of the planet. They want to make sure that you can't get it if you do this. That's what happened to OnlyFans. Yeah. They took the ability to process money away, which, I mean, that's... That's beyond fucked up. It, you know, I'm over here going, is that they, they just don't want sex to have that much power. It pretty much already does. Oh, they're happy to pay yeah. for it. They just don't want other people to be able to earn money from it for some reason. It's Bad. Sitting here and trying to put myself in your shoes, um, what kind of emotional, mental gates did you have to go through um, to not just decide that you want to do this, but to get everything prepared and in place because, you know, as we said earlier, sex work is work. It's a lot of fucking work to produce content. And we know this from podcasting. I can't even imagine adding the, you know, next level marketing efforts, um, planning out, you know, different content, uh, tailor-made content. So you made the decision. How did you prepare yourself to do this? Well, it's a, it's a constant it's that you have to be consistent. You have to really be all in. Um, it really is a full-time job, um, mm-hmm. managing different social media platforms, understanding the guidelines of certain social media platforms. Mm-hmm. They're all very different. Some will allow certain pictures. Others will shut your entire account down with no warning. Um, but you also have to be consistent because you're always trying to build your subscriber base, your fan base. Um, because it's evolving. People come and they go. People see things they like and then they get bored and they move on. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a lot of work. It's not just taking a few sexy pictures and opening a Twitter account and going, oh, look, you know, and just expecting it to grow. Mm-hmm. I very much agree. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's constant work. And it's also a lot of uh, teaching yourself and going down the wrong path for a little while and then having to redirect because a lot of things that people aren't necessarily willing to share with you or that you just can't Google to get an answer on. You have to, uh, it's, got, it's a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Uh, and how do you do that? I mean, is it, do you just look and see that con- maybe content isn't, like they're not downloading it, It's that's not a hit? Do you get feedback from your fans that say, I kind of like this other thing better. I mean, do you do you take that as a troll and go, well, fuck him, he sucks? I mean, how, how do you know that that content is real? Is is there a gate? At that is there a number of people? How does that work? Well, watching the growth is important. Of course, I you know have the the benefit there because my other half, Dave, is a kind of a techie nerdy guy, so he gets to watch analytics. So he's got everything kind of tracked. And, and so we try to measure results as much as we can. And sometimes you can't, sometimes it's just impossible. And sometimes you just see, it's just a complete fail. You put all this energy into something and it just didn't, you know, turn out anything. Um, and then the thing you least expect blows up. <laughs> yeah. <Interesting. laughs> Very true. <laughs> it's kind of like what's happened well, with my wish list program yeah. so far. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so were there, since you mentioned it, were there any like aha moments? Like you put content out there and, you know, you didn't have, you know, that expectation of it. It's out there to be publicly consumed. It wasn't, you know, um, uh, something that was asked of you to do specifically for a client. You know, was there anything that you didn't expect to happen that may not be mainstream per se that you put out there? 
Mm. Gotta be you, Maddie, by the way. <laughs> As you take the pose of the thinker, you're like, Oh, that's mm. a really good question. It's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to peg down, I guess, because I do put content on so many different platforms, mm-hmm. but um, I'd say I did, I started um, uploading on Pornhub and I'm surprised to see the growth that comes from Pornhub um, because I just started uploading there for fun, kind of as a lark, but I'll have tons and tons of people that are willing, even though they've gotten something for free, they're willing to come over and join OnlyFans and then beyond that, they want to tip for an extra video or do something. And that constantly surprises me. I, I would have assumed if you're already getting something for free, you have no interest in like taking it to the next level with a creator, if that makes sense. But people from Pornhub on a whole have been so friendly and so welcoming and generous. <laughs> I was going to say, I've heard that. And, and for um, uh, unique content creators like yourselves, that's been a great platform to give them a taste, kind of like the drug dealer model. Like here's a little bit to get you, to get you <laughs> hooked and then come see me for more. Um, and I'm, I'm a huge porn hub consumer and I can say I found little niches of, of different types of porn that I didn't know I was into until I was literally just bored and scrolling until I stumbled on something. And I think that's kind of the beauty of that platform. Yeah. That's interesting. That's, that's yeah. very true. And I've joined people's Patreons or joined people's OnlyFans from uh, Pornhub. And I don't know why. I just didn't expect that people would come to me, but it's kind of an honor. <laughs> I'm just sitting here going, so Mallory wax it to Pornhub. <laughs> that's what I got out of that Sometimes. energetic change right there. Sometimes. Like, Sometimes. Okay. Oh, my god! I like versatility. Right? So... I, how much effort goes into, and I'm asking this as a dude, and I realize that I am a guy surrounded by three beautiful women right now, so I ask very stupid questions. Uh, I'm also the least educated person in this room, but how hard is it to be sexy for a living? Is that easy? Do you just roll out of bed and go, yep, I'm hot, yep. which, I mean, yep. it, it's, I believe that. I do, <laughs> because they're smoking. Yes. There's three yes. smoke shows and my dumbass sitting here. I so, mean, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, do you guys, is, is that, I mean, is that part of it? Do people want to see the, the real you, the, the, you know, the messy bun and the ball cap, or do they want you guys to, to ham it up and doll it up for them? I think they like reality. Um, I think kind of going back to answering Mallory's question as well as yours, um, you can get all dolled up and the lashes and everything. And you're looking at every detail that they don't even see when it's processed and put on, you know, video. Um, but they also just like to know who you are, you know, going through a car wash or about to go into a grocery store. Um, that has surprised me a lot that that's really, I've gotten a lot of good response from just normal stuff rather than something that takes me three to four hours to pump out a 10 to 15 minute video. So it's interesting. It, it's fascinating. Everybody's behavior. So that is utterly fascinating. What about you, Maddie? Do, do people, like you to look like you rolled out of the pages of Playboy or do they like you to be the natural you? I agree with Andy. I still, just for the sake of wanting to put the best, I guess my best foot forward, I still will get all dolled up and work on lighting and, you know, really work a shot as best I can. Um, But I noticed just like Andy was saying, whenever I put something just real life, just cooking in the kitchen or, uh, whatever I'm doing day to day, people will say, I want to see more of that or that's really interesting. And I agree. It's a complete surprise to me. Um, but it's nice to see that people want want more. They want to feel like they really know you because they're in this, you know, kind of relationship with you already. 
Wow. Uh, so are we saying that as sex workers, and I guess to some extent we all are here, uh, but as sex workers, that people, it's not all about sex, that it's about a connection with somebody that you follow and that you've invested in? Is that what we're saying? I think so. I agree with that. Um, people a lot of times just want to have somebody to talk to. Um, I get, you know, wished good morning or if there's a holiday or non-sexual um, conversation on quite often. Um, I actually have followers on social media that aren't even subscribers that will just randomly send something from the casual toys wish list or the Amazon wish list, what have you, just because you're chatting with them and there is no sexual, there's nothing exchanged. There's no video sent. There's no, not even nudity on those social platforms. Um, they just want that connection. Same. Yeah. It's really, it's heartwarming actually. The people, um, the people that are there on OnlyFans, you know, you talked about people trolling or sending negative comments. There's so much less of that than what I think anyone might imagine. It's a lot of good morning. How was your day? People will ask with genuine concern about my family or, um, you know, we just went through an illness as a family and it, there was like an outpouring of people just genuinely wanting to check and see how things were going. I'm flabbergasted. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I would absolutely fi file that. And it sounds like you'd agree, like something positive and unexpected that came out of being a creator in this space. Absolutely. I love that. That's I love heartwarming little details like that. It makes me smile. So, you know, it, I need to go back to the work part of this because I have a deep appreciation for for the effort that goes into being a creator in this space. And, you know, you plan out, you have your, you know, maybe your, your digital photo, you know, sessions that you're going to try to accomplish this week um, for the public pages. You have the, the PG ones, the, the X-rated ones, and maybe, you know, a, a pile of some that you have to do that are being requested, you know, f as from each individual client. And then you have video content that you're also doing. If you could take, let's say, a piece of video content that's for public consumption on OnlyFans. How long does it take to prepare that, record it, and get it out to the world? Because I don't think it happens in the space that it takes to hit record. And I think that may be the perception around it, that, that that's all it is. Probably the, the quickest something would go from start to finish for me would be five hours for a video project. And that's... For one piece one. of content? <laughs> Holy crap. And that's setting up the shot, getting ready, testing video and audio, filming, and then going ahead and editing. And then on top of that, you know, writing up a couple of paragraphs about what's in the content, getting it ready to send out and advertise. That that would be the, the most quickly something could ever go, probably. Wow. So that's the express. Five hours is the <laughs> yeah. express format. What about you, Andy? <laughs> It, it she's nail right on the head. She's yeah. she's dead on. I mean, it, it is hours, and you have to come up with a new creative way to do things. So there's a brainstorming process as well. It's not like you just do the same thing on the same chair every day. You know, it's not. It's always you're always having to evolve. So just the idea process alone takes up time. But like she said, it you know manually, there's just so much work that goes into it, and it's not sexy. 
at all. <laughs> 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 Nothing <laughs> sexy about this. <laughs> yeah, in my head, like you guys have storyboards, like in Mad Men from the sixties. You're, like, you're in an ad agency and you're planning everything out, and it takes weeks to prepare. And I, I don't know that I could personally do it just from that stress factor for me planning it out. Uh, just different scenes, like you, you have, you know, I'm assuming you have places in your home that you, you produce content from, but. You probably need to change the scenery up now and then. And that comes with a cost and logistics and operations. Like, do I have what I need as far as lighting goes? What do I have to bring with me? What do I have to purchase for this specific project? Well, it just blows my mind. While we were in Nashville, you ladies got together for a video that you shot together in, like, what, an Airbnb that you rented or something? Mm -hmm. That's an expense in itself. Yeah. I mean, to rent a venue mm -hmm. for a shot or a shoot, rather, uh, that, you know, I mean, yeah, hopefully you get a lot of mileage out of that, but is, is that something that you guys plan for as part of, you know, production costs and things like that? I mean, do you get together and split it? How does that shit work? Yeah, that's something that we regularly do. That's and at least once a month. Unfortunately, not usually with Andy. I wish it were with Andy every time. <laughs> we can arrange that. We all we all do. That. We all do. That. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> um, no, usually it's uh, with my husband. He'll come and help me take photos. Um, but you're right. It, it's it's an expenditure, and it's planning to make sure that you've got new outfits, you know, a new location, things that people haven't seen before. Wow, I'm just utterly stunned. Uh, you know, is it this? I mean, is it the same? I mean, I know you said like five hours for video content, but in terms of production work for photographs, marketing, uh, obviously analytics, which Dave is a, a wizard at. But I mean, what sort of things go into photo production and marketing? Is is that what you use the photos for? Is to promote the video shoots? How does that work? Well, yeah, we do. So. Um Unfortunately, most of the videos that we do, we can't really pull many screenshots from them and use them. So that's a whole separate in itself. You know, photo shoots are different. I think that actually doing the photos are somewhat more difficult than shooting the videos because there's so many changes. And with lingerie, there's fucking clasps and zippers and hooks and eyes and what the fuck. And I'm sweating and I'm throwing lace everywhere. And I'm like, okay, you know, and these heels have to come off and put these five inch heels back on. So it's actually a lot more physical moving around in my opinion. Um, and you get very little from it versus a video because you take so many pictures and then you realize there's a dog in the background or something. So you have so many to go through. So it's just, yeah, it's always something. Yeah. So we, we try to take pictures for ourselves and for our Twitter feed and whatnot occasionally. And that is, that is spot on, like to the point where I get cranky after the second outfit. Like, no, I stink. I look like crap. Like, and I, I'm sick of sucking it in. I don't know if you've taken the picture or like if I'm twisting, I can feel my back fat. Like I just, again, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes and I'm, I'm getting stressed and sweating now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, just Dave goes in the other it. room. He goes in the other room completely. He's like, okay, I know this is bitch time. It's on. I'm just going to stay over here. And she's like, why isn't this clicker working? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, how it goes. I think there's two ways for me to be declared an idiot. The first of which is to try and take photos of my wife, and the second is to run for president. <laughs> so, <laughs> no matter what you do, you're a dumbass. Yeah. But, so, it's, it's just really hard. It is, it's unbelievably hard in my mind. Get, yeah. Posing somebody you love is very difficult mm -hmm. uh, because – you get frustrated quickly with people you care about and you take a different tone and you know what that tone means because you live with that person. 
Right, Fine. Maddie? Yeah, we uh, we actually hired a professional photographer that we used up until um, COVID kind of sent everybody into isolation. But just it was so impossible for my husband to take pictures of me. He could give me no direction on how to pose other than to say, do something different. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> and uh, and working with a professional really, really helped me learn like, oh, this is what I'm meant to do with my body not be so awkward but yeah I don't think any I don't think any spouse can take a good picture <laughs> it's very spouse. difficult to do I actually reached out to Holly Randall uh, who is a world famous photographer uh, we've had her on the show she was super kind to me and I said how do I pose my wife and she said don't <laughs> she said you it is almost impossible to take pictures of your spouse and have them come out professionally and stay married <laughs> it's just very difficult to yeah. do so yeah, uh, and and I definitely feel that. But, you know, we talked a little bit about marketing earlier uh, and, you know, marketing yourself, raising awareness. That's got to be really fucking hard uh, because OnlyFans doesn't have a search engine. And now God knows what these other platforms because and we're going to kind of touch on this before we let you ladies go today. But OnlyFans creators are scattering like roaches in the light right now. They're going to 20 different platforms, Pocket Stars, uh, Fan Centro. I mean, there's so many different places people are going when you market yourself, assuming you can't market yourself on any of these new platforms, uh, and I'm going to ask you guys an order on this one, starting with Andy, how do you market yourself as a sex working content creator? And where can you do it? Because it's not like you can go on Facebook and promote your post. You can't even promote your post on Twitter, and there's nothing but dicks and assholes all over Twitter. But you can't promote <laughs> that either. So how do you do it, Andy? Right. So it, it really is just growing a community with working on getting exposure, getting your face out there, um, the right connections, um, which are difficult to make, uh, trying to find other content creators. Um, I've only ever worked with Maddie and, and she's wonderful. And there's just, there's not a whole lot. There's not a lot of people that either do what you do or that are in your area or that want to work with you or that want to show their face or is there so many different points of that? It's difficult. Um, but just trying to work on continuing exposure, finding the latest new thing, uh, social platform wise, uh, being astute to those guidelines on each one. Um, it's a, it's just constant. It's just exposure, exposure, exposure. Got it. How about you, Maddie? Uh, do you do it any differently? And you've been doing this a long time. Uh, mm -hmm. compared to some folks that we know. Uh, and so you've had a, also a great deal of success, in my opinion. So it, what was your secret to success for marketing yourself, and how do you grow that? Thank you. I've been really lucky. Um, it's lucky for me to be kind of in a niche uh, doing ASMR-specific sex content, but I also have a YouTube channel um, where I've seen probably the the vast majority of my traffic come from. And so I feel really extremely blessed to have, a, you know, a public uh, safer work platform that also brings people over who are wanting more. I feel like that makes it easier than it would be. I think it, people that are thinking, I could just start an OnlyFans, I'm going to quit my job. It's so much more difficult to get your name out there, uh, as you said, without having a search feature and because the market is, is pretty saturated. It's, it's hard to get going and you constantly have to maneuver, as Andy said, to, to find a place to find a new way to get yourself out there. 
Yeah. I, that's that was the one thing that I, I had a trouble wrapping my head around when I was introduced to OnlyFans as a platform. You know, what do you mean you can't search on it? It was f- such a foreign concept to me. I'm like, I don't understand. This thing is never going to succeed. Like, that's just crazy. And here we are. It's earned how many billions of dollars this year? Oh, it's yeah. insane. <laughs> it's an insane amount of money. <laughs> There's a lot this, of numbers being thrown yeah, around, but yeah. it's about uh, one and a half billion in earnings okay. this year. So a shit ton of money. And all, all without a search, it's just, I, I still can't fathom, um, you know, how they've skyrocketed to this point. And now the conversation is changing, right? The terms of service are changing. And um, I'm interested to see what's what's going to happen out there because it's proven its profitability. It's proven its interest. You know, people want that type of content out there. So where are they going to go? What's the next step? So I'm I'll interest I'll be interested to do a follow up with you guys at some point to see how you've changed marketing yourself because getting yourself out there being exposed means, like Andy said, taking in you know some of these PG rated platforms and and still trying to leverage those to direct people towards you and then collaboration with other content creators, which sounds very very challenging. Is probably the hardest way to market yourself, but if you can, it sounds like there's success to be found in it. Do you do you foresee any immediate obstacles with pivoting right now um, as far as the formula you have to market yourself changing now that the OnlyFans Terms of Services is pivoting? Honestly, it's so uh, – I'm not going to let on this one. I don't foresee that many obstacles. Um, it's definitely a challenge. Uh, but I'm surprised by how many people specifically on OnlyFans have said, hey, where are you going? We're coming to, which is very encouraging. I think everyone is aware that a change is in the air and is just ready to keep, you know, keep going on down the road. Um, this has happened before. Obviously, you guys have all the backstory on this. But Pornhub was taken basically to their knees in February. They still haven't gotten their ability to process credit cards back. So it's you know, I understand why the changes. I'm, I'm sympathetic of what's happening, um, and hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> I think things are going to yeah. work out. Yeah, I feel like they are. Yeah. Now, personally, I'm kind of waiting for sex, well, online sex work to just go crypto. I mean, mm-hmm. it just and tell the entire establishment for for merchant banking to kiss their supple white ass and move mm-hmm. on with it. Uh, and there's plenty of people of color that are sex workers. I wasn't trying to be rude. I'm just, it's one of my f- common phrases is kiss my supple white ass. So, uh, but I mean, it's, it's like chalk Asian. It's I so do white. have a, I have a, <laughs> I don't know that it, it the never only, sees the sun. Yeah. In Jamaica. <laughs> and it's still white as hell. So you need, <laughs> I don't to give know it, how. you need to give it its own only fans. You just created your own niche. See, there, there we go. I'm the, I will be the beacon of light. Yeah, and now I get to pose you. This will be great. Oh, Perfect. Yeah. Well, Mickey's white that's ass. That's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, it's with, with what's happening, and yeah, you're right, Maddie. This did happen to Pornhub. They still can't process credit cards. These guys hold credit card processing. There's a power associated with that. And a lot of times, really all they're trying to do is get you to pay double for high-risk processing. That's what they did to us with casual toys. They took us down completely and told us, no, we could sell purple dicks or green dicks or pink dicks. We could sell masturbators, but only if they were made by Fleshlight. I mean, there were the rules were the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 
and then so I just said fuck it and paid for high you know high interest uh, or rather high risk processing which is ex- extremely high uh, interest I'm paying like six percent per credit card transaction uh, and I know that that kind of stuff is going to affect you is the movement and in promise we'll get back to the regular questions but is that this movement I know you said you're not worried about it uh, at this point and I think you're probably very careful with your mainstream content creation that kind of feeds your OnlyFans. But there's a lot of other people out there that have not been that smart, have not had that niche that you have. And they're like, now what am I going to do if this gets taken away from me? Are you guys going to have to pay more for these other services? I mean, because I know OnlyFans was like 20%. Some of these other services are 25. Some of them are 30. Uh, How does that factor into your decisions in terms of charging for content, what you charge for content, where you market it? Are you looking at how you're going to do this moving forward? And how do you insulate yourself from this shit happening again? Well, I think you just have to learn not to put all your eggs in one basket. And I think that's what a lot of the creators have done. And so now they're scrambling. Um, and, you know, we we had a few different platforms we were on. Um, OnlyFans, of course, was our primary um, revenue, revenue generator. But, um, you know, you just have to spread yourself out. Some sites are going to charge a little bit more. And so you just have to adjust what you want to charge for your content based on that. Um, but I think this is a lesson learned for everybody that you really can't just put everything into one. And then people, like you said, were quitting their jobs and this is their career. And now they're scrambling and they have, you know, a mortgage and kids. So, you know, you just, you have to look at what's out there. You just have to protect yourself, keep your, you know, exposure and traffic up, like Maddie said, and just try to hit all the sites, not just one. Yeah. So let's get back to your content. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about like the the different changes in the in the platforms, and like I said, I think you know everyone's kind of got something in the the back of their mind a, a platform or or multiple platforms they may be you know moving to to kind of see where everyone's going to join them. Um, but each of I think both of you kind of have specified content um, that you provide to your to your uh, clients, and is there anything specific that you get more often than not like requests, sexual, non sexual that is unique content that they're paying for? And what is it? Um, I think people, probably my most asked for, or the thing that I get the best feedback on is like an ASMR jerk off instruction, slow and soft and whispered and encouraging. Um, those seem to do really well. And I really enjoy making those. Quite and a she's, lot. she's very good at it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's like, I want to masturbate. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you clearly have the voice for it. Like your tone is absurd. I'm over here going, I think I might need to rub one out after this. <laughs> I can recommend a video for you. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, and that's just the thing. I love supporting creators that we have on the show, but I can't support you guys without looking like a pervert. So (laughs) I have no shame. I will. That's okay. I'll Um, do it. Yeah, but here, here, I'm another level like weird. I would have Maddie read me a book. Like that, there's something about your tone of voice, Maddie, that just, it's so relaxing. I can totally see why you're successful. But just read to me. That's, that's the unique opportunity. I would love to. I'll, I'll read to you and pet you. <laughs> <laughs> that's heaven to me. Well, that is literally heaven. I just lost Mallory. Yeah, folks. I'm done. That's all I need in life. <laughs> Andy, what's your most requested and what's your favorite to make? 
Uh, I have um, a lot of people ask for um, really sex. I mean, not specifically blowjobs or anything like that. They just want to see sex. They'll say sex with different men um, or with more women. So I, being that I've only started in April, I don't have a lot of content with several people. It's mostly mm-hmm. just Dave and I. And so, it, you know, it's kind of harsh. We'll come across, do you have, do you ever have sex with anybody other than Dave? Or they'll say, do you have sex with anybody other than Andy? <laughs> you, know, <so laughs> you, get, you get it all, but it, it's always, for us, it's just people like to see sex, some sort of um, sex orgasm, that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it makes some sense to me. Now, one of the things that we see a lot of content creators out there doing is utilizing, and it's an extremely popular thing across whether it's uh, kinksters, dominatrixes, you know, those types of people, content creators in lifestyle spaces like where we live or in sex work and OnlyFans in uh, video creation where you guys are. People love wish lists. We see people using Amazon wish lists all over the place. Uh, as I understand it, Amazon was one of the first ones and the only one for a while that was able to actually hide your personal information so you could you could get good. Yeah, super important. Obviously. Yeah, and your fans don't know to stop by your house, you know, at 223 Bleecker Street. So uh, how do you guys use wish lists and is it a part of your strategy towards earning or towards getting the things that you need? Is it something that you find to be really important and key uh, in terms of content creation and or earning? I think that Andy. it's, it's, oh, I'm sorry. I jumped on Andy, top okay, of her. I'll jump on top of her it. again if I can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, We're all yes. paying to see it. It's yes, fine. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this because I, um, either it just slips my mind, but I just don't, I don't update my wish list that often. I'll have people specifically ask like, hey, I really like if you could wear some leather boots, maybe if you have a dominatrix video coming up, like, could I get those for you and I'll add them to the wish list? But it's usually specific pieces for content. And uh, it's rare that I have somebody go ham on there. Surprisingly, people are we're more generous with their tips and I don't know, I don't know if it just doesn't suit my style, but wish lists haven't been a big thing for me. Well, on, on my end, um, so I've put a little twist on my casual toys wish list. So basically I tell my subscribers, you know, if you purchase something off of my casual toys wish list, I will send you a free video of me either using or wearing that item, whatever it may be. Um, so that's been a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of interest shown with that. Um, but I get, I think. I like it. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, part of the connection experience that I have seen is being able to, for them to send you something tangible. Um, that's what I've kind of gotten from it. You know, they don't just want to say hi, good morning, but it's also like, I don't want to take that next step. You know, you like coffee, you like this vibrator. I want to get that for you. I, I think that speaks to us as a society, you know, even though, especially now like you know with quarantine and and being isolated and all that people are still built to be around and connect with other humans i mean that's that's part of our right maslow's hierarchy of needs right am i right someone please tell me if i'm not i'm not sometimes i make shit up i I kid you not sometimes it sticks (laughs) in my brain that way and i got my wires crossed but I, I think it speaks to to us as people because we do want that extra step in that connection, especially if we find ourselves drawn to a person in 
you know, in, in this creator space, I, it doesn't seem foreign to me. It makes total sense that they want to take those steps to do so. Um, we talked a little bit about, and maybe that's another unexpected positive that came out of that, right? Of, of a byproduct of, you know, being in the space. Would you guys have anything that comes to mind that, that has been a negative that you didn't really anticipate happening? Or has it, ha- have you been fortunate and, and just not had that experience? I've been lucky to say I haven't had a lot of negative feedback or experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a few, I don't know what you call what's 10 years old haters, you know, that's kind of outdated, but you know, that just want to throw a comment at you or tell you they don't like what you're wearing or something like that, but it's not very often. And I, you know, you just roll with it and let it go. You know, somebody's always going to mm-hmm. be there to make a snarky remark, but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I feel the same way. It's more, I more frequently see it like on Instagram or on YouTube um, in bigger public spaces like that. But definitely behind the curtain of OnlyFans, people overwhelmingly are so positive. And the, overall, the experience has been a really, really good one. Well, I think when people pay to be there, it's kind of like, it's like an asshole buffer, right? It, when it's free to be an asshole, mm-hmm. everybody takes really too much advantage of it. But when it's not, when they paid to be there, then maybe they act like their mama's watching. Or maybe not on OnlyFans, but you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) You know, as this thing has progressed, and I know, you know, we're kind of coming up on the hour here. So, but, you know, you ladies are obviously on the forefront of what's going on with this OnlyFans thing. Uh, You know, in terms of obviously with payment processing and and banking with this industry, OnlyFans was the primary place that this really affected you. Are you guys seeing any other impacts? I mean, are your customers or your your fans reaching out to you and wanting to know where you go? And if so, what are you telling them? Where are you going? And uh, make sure to plug your site here, right? Tell us, you know, tell us, tell our people. I think we have like two people that listen, so you should probably talk to both of them uh, (laughs) and let them know. Where you guys are going, how to find these two sexy voices. Andy, you first. Well, I have everything collectively under my website, onlyandy.com, which is Andy with an I. Um, it lists all of the social platforms that I'm on and all of the fan sites that I'm on. And it's constantly updating. Um, we keep it, you know, updated all the time. So that's the best way to find us as, as we grow. Awesome. Maddie? I am not as organized as Andy, although I dream of being, (laughs) hoping she'll rub off on me. Um, But I do, I have ASMRMaddie.com and uh, and I'm planning a move to Fansly, but I anticipate keeping my OnlyFans open um, because they are going to be allowing nudity and I think there's a place uh, for people, you know, I've seen a large percentage of fans there who, who really want like just nude comforting ASMR. So I think I'll keep that going with videos on a weekly basis and then explicit, um, content and up, I'm going to go ahead and move to Fansly. Very nice. Cause that was actually my next follow-up question for you guys is, you know, one, you know, with everything going on and, and when the changes are official, are you, are you going to leverage and still keep your OnlyFans? And will that actually impact any additional um, considerations? Like, are you going to produce more content that is not explicit um, to help balance that out? 
I think I will likely stay with them on the more explicit side. I am going to keep mm-hmm. my OnlyFans page up um, and going. It's actually grown since they made the announcement, which doesn't make any sense to me at all. Isn't that strange? Um, yeah, but I, I don't. Fire sale, fire sale. Right. Yeah. Last chance to see yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Hurry, get it now. You know, yes. it's ending soon. Um we're not kidding this time but no yeah it's a yeah I'll keep the OnlyFans up um the you know subscribers have asked you know where are you going and you know Fansly is one that we've looked at Fancentro there's several out there and who knows what will end up be the booming replacement um for OnlyFans so only time will tell yeah, that's fair. You know, you'll it'll it time will tell if they'll have the same successes that, you know, OnlyFans has in this space. But I'm glad to hear that you guys are going to continue on and and find another home for that more explicit content cuz I postulate that there's quite a few folks out there that may actually move away from the sexually explicit because of the platform no longer allowing it and maybe they're not interested in adding another, you know, platform to maintain like a fan centro with not knowing, you know, what the impacts could potentially be or not be more importantly no it's it goes back to the eggs in one basket thing that maddie said earlier uh it's and and andy as well i think you both kind of commented on when you do everything in one place it's not and i mean we do the same thing right if we lost our twitter it would suck i mean it would literally be boom yeah it's my porn for the day right Sorry. Uh, <laughs> not just that, but it's also, I mean, it's a way that we communicate with a lot of our listener bases on Twitter because we don't really do Instagram because every time I say, just, just pick, I could use, pick a noun, right? I could say Apple on Instagram and I get my hands slapped our hands because slapped our name lot. is casual swinger. They're like, ah, yeah. swinger bad. Yeah. You know, and it's, it how really do you know? Yeah. How do you know I'm not just a, you know, you're an average golfer. I think that's <laughs> casual golfer. Fuck off. Yeah. yeah. Well, and what's no, so great it, about that too is you have you get your hand slap for something that's very basic and tame and very vanilla. Yes. And then there's somebody that's like shaking their ass with like a, you know a piece of yarn, and it's just like, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. yay, like it's got fifty five thousand likes. It's like, no, Andy, bitch, sit down. Speaking <laughs> <Yeah>. of <laughs> uh, bitch, wouldn't it be a total bitch if like all of this kerfluffle is happening they're like yeah never mind we've decided we're not changing only fan only fans slapped you guys in the face when they did two things right the first thing they did is they told bloomberg before they told you right they told bloomberg before they told you that they did this and then when you guys all reached and out routers to and you name it it was oh, yeah. all over all over the media oh it was uh i mean uh, reuters got it uh i think uh, ars technica had it buzzfeed had it a bunch of people had it and when we talk about this all the creators freaked out and went to OnlyFans and said, hey, what's going on? And OnlyFans support is fucking hard to reach in the first place. So when they reached out to him, they said, no, 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 no. We're just changing our terms of service so unverified creators can't upload sexually explicit content. And that's what people started posting. They started These sex workers started posting, you're going to be okay, it's fine, go ahead and sign up. And now they found out that it was actually happening with a letter. And yesterday, OnlyFans went out on and put it up, the, they pinned it to the top of their Twitter that sex workers, we appreciate you so much. We would not be where we are today without you. We're working on solutions day and night, right? But the solution wasn't, we will protect you. We will stand behind you. We will stand between you and these credit card. They did not do that. So ladies, I know we're coming up on the end of the hour here, so I want to ask you both a question. What's your advice 
for the other creators out there. Maybe they're not in the top 1% like both of you are. Maybe they don't have the skills or the background or the education to market themselves the way you do. How do you get through this? What is, if you could name one or two things that everybody should do to move forward from this, what would you suggest? How about you, Maddie? Oh, man. Um, Sorry. Andy, no, Andy already said diversify, which is what everyone absolutely should be doing. It would shock you the places that you can post content and get traction. I mean, between TikTok, you know, different subreddits. I know Andy has talked about Chive. There just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. If this is what you enjoy doing, if this is the space that you want to be in, there is a market for it. There will always be. Just keep going and putting yourself out there as best you can. There you go. What about you, Andy? Anything special to add before we get out of here? Uh, backing right up on what Maddie said, um, patience and consistency. It just takes time and you're going to run into a lot of roadblocks and you've just got to be patient and you've got to learn to pick yourself back up and just keep going. You've got to expect that. It's not instantaneous. Nobody's out there picking up the sex workers is what it sounds like. Nope. No, no, there's no help out there for us. So this has been a conversation with both only Andy and ASMR Maddie, two top flight OnlyFans creators that are pivoting uh, with you know, everything that's going on out there today. This has been a pleasure, ladies. We can't thank you enough for joining us just to kind of talk about just what it feels like to be a, a sex worker today because it's not the seedy shit that it used to be back in the day in New York City in an alley, right? This is upfront, <laughs> right? No, it's just I think it's I think it's evolved. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not laughing at you. I just had the image in my head, and it was funnier than. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. All right, but it used to be that no. way. I mean, before New York City was cleaned up back in the early '90s. Well, I that's mean, exactly look, what you happened. look at what like if you're giving that reference, look what Amsterdam did. Like, yeah, yeah, no, sex work I think is a lot more respected now than it has been in the last fifty years. Yeah, and, well, and I think what happened with OnlyFans here took a step back. There's women out there that won't pivot the way that you ladies are doing it. And they're not going to be behind a camera anymore because they still got bills to pay. They're going to go back to doing it the old-fashioned way. They're going to put their lives and their health at risk. And this is happening because some old white dude wants to control the way that they make money. And I think it's fucked up. Yeah, I agree. So that's how I feel about it. Ladies, we appreciate you so much. Thank both of you for being on here. One more time, do you want to remind everybody where they can find each of you? Andy, starting with you. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, it's a it's a big honor to be on here. Um, but you can find me at onlyandy.com. That's A-N-D-I. And that has all my links and all the goodies to, to get a hold of me. And make my neck tingle ASMR Maddie. How do we find you? <laughs> First and foremost, uh, youtube.com backslash ASMR Maddie and ASMRMaddie.com. It's M-A-D-D-Y. Yeah, and keeping with that theme as we get the hell out of here, Mallory, you want to do your thing? Yeah, I, I think I need to ha should have prepared Maddie and made her do it just because I want to hear her voice <laughs> as long as possible. Um, we're Casual Swinger everywhere. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, want to check out our dating profiles? That is uh, Double Date Nation, SDC, SLS, and Cassidy. If you like shooting us a message, uh, you can find us podcast at casualswinger.com. And I think that's all, folks. I'm so out of practice. It's only been two weeks, right? Yeah. There you go. Folks, this has been Sex Work is a Lot of Fucking Work. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Casual Swinger.